0: Hey everybody, it's Jason. Welcome or welcome back to the Mosaic Church Podcast. At the end of this podcast, please take a moment to connect with us on social media. It's a great place to learn more and to see what's happening at Mosaic. Most importantly, hope the following message encourages and inspires you to take a new step on your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, we are finally here. All of the anticipation, all of the excitement, all of the fun— it is finally Christmas Day. Can you believe it? I mean, for those of you who have little kids, you've been up probably since 3.30 in the morning as those littles have been jumping on your bed, doing everything they can to get you up, and you're begging them, could you just please give me, like, at least wait till daylight, right, before we have to get going. And for those who don't have littles, uh, if you have teenagers, you're like, they're, let's be honest, they're jumping on the bed too. So let's just be honest, they're having a good time, everyone has a good time, and let's say you don't have any kids, maybe you've gotten up, you've had a great breakfast, good cup of coffee, Uh, you're just enjoying the culmination of all the celebration of Christmas Day. The Christmas music is gonna start kicking on, wrapping paper is gonna start flying, uh, it's going to be a day, hopefully, for you and for your friends and family and those that you gather with. Just such a joyous day of celebration. All of this anticipation, the Christmas music that some of you have had on for extremely too many months, uh, now is coming all for this celebration of this amazing day. No matter our story, it's Christmas time. And as Ralphie says in the Christmas story, it is Christmas, wonderful, glorious Christmas. What is it about this day that is so special? Like, is it all of the time that we've spent getting together and all the work? Is it all coming together that makes it so wonderful? Or is it really the celebration? Is it the culmination of all of that coming to this point in where we now get to celebrate? We celebrate together, but... We celebrate, really, the fact that Jesus has come. We're celebrating the fact that this day marks something so unbelievably important in our history together. And so if you've been joining us and and been part of our sermon series here, we've had this sermon series wish list. And on this wish list series, we've been putting together a grouping of things that, that we wish that we could have on Christmas and so I took us on a journey. I talked about when I was younger, and some of you as well, how we would celebrate our Christmas time, you know, months before when we get the J.C. Penney and Sears catalog, and we would take that catalog and we'd sit down and we'd flip page by page and ever so carefully select what do we want for Christmas? And we would take that red pen and we would circle as many times as we could the things we really, really, really wanted. And then we'd put arrows and we'd put stars and we would say, this is what I want for Christmas. I just had this for Christmas. And then it all came down today. Today is the day to see what we got for Christmas. But as a church family, we said, let's let's go beyond that because as we've aged and as we've grown and uh, we've well, some of us, right? We still still have an awesome present, but as we've grown, we really start to realize something that presents and things that come and go really aren't what we really want for our life. What we really want for our life isn't truthfully to lose ten pounds. It isn't to get that new car, to get that promotion, whatever those things we hope for. That's really not what our heart desires. We've learned that there's a deeper thing inside of us that actually longs for some very important things. And we've been exploring that, and that's what we put on our wish list uh, in this sermon series. And so we explored, hey, what we want for Christmas is a leader that loves and cares for us. And we found that Jesus is the good shepherd and that he actually isn't just a leader that is you know, yelling at us, or a leader that is telling us which way to direction to go. We have a leader that loves and cares for us, and knows us by name, and has given his life for us. And then we say, okay, not only that, we really, really want to know that there is, we have hope that there is life after death. That all of this matters, that at some way and somehow our life matters, because if this is just it, like, If this is it, this is so hard to even conceptualize. If this is it, like, what's the purpose of this? I need to know that there's more. And we explored that and that we know because of Jesus' death and his resurrection and that he is coming again, that we have assurance that Jesus is the one who has given us life after death. And so this is just a transition. This is just a page being turned in a story that when death comes as a believer in Jesus Christ, we don't have nothing to be afraid of. Because we know that there is something more. And we also learn that love, we want a love that matters. Love is thrown around all over the place. Love is a term and a, even a thought that we kind of just throw out there. And as Christians, we have been just historically terrible, terrible lovers. And we've not done a good job of loving the way Jesus loves, the way that God loves, which is that sacrificial, all-giving love. And so we said, we want a love that matters, and, and we want to love people in a way that matters. And so we put that on our list. And so today we're going to finish our list. We've had big requests on our wish list. And now is another one. We're going to ask this. We're going to ask, God to be with us. Let me say that again, because we're, we sometimes jump over this thought. And we're going to explore this day, at Christmas Day. We are asking that God is going to be with us. And to begin this story, we have to really look to know why are we asking this. In the beginning, way back in our story in the book of Genesis, we see Adam and Eve, the beginning of humanity, and, and they are made perfect. They're made in God's image. And God has this relationship with them that is you so beautiful and unique and where he walks with them and he's with them and he knows them and he's allowing them to name what he's created. It's just this beautiful relationship. And then they sinned. They did what God said not to do. And as they did that, something happened that is broken. Sin comes in. Sin comes into the picture. And so now as sin comes in, God separates himself from, his, his humanity, from humanity, from his creation, and from Adam and Eve. And one of the questions that comes up, which is a fantastic question, is that why would an all-loving God remove himself from a time when we need him, the most. So if we are sinful and we're broken and we it doesn't take long, right? Look around, we know what a mess the world is and life is and how much sin is just destroying everything. And so, why would God remove himself now? Now we need him. Now more than ever, right? Like God, where are you now when everything is so unbelievably messed up? And so, This is a beautiful way to think about, best analogy, the Bible uses this, is that God is light. God is light. Listen to this in 1 John 1, 5. It says this, and this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. God is perfect. God is holy. God is sinless. God is light. And in the same way, light and darkness don't exist at the same place. I don't know if you've ever been in a room that's been absolutely pitch dark. I've been in variations of them. And I, I assume that, you know, because the absence of light, you have to be like, you know, in special, you know, rooms and stuff. But I've been in like situations that I would say are absolutely terrifying. <laughs> in, in absolute pitch darkness, you can see Nothing. You can't see anything. You don't know which way to go. You don't know what's on the floor in front of you. You don't know if you're about to drop into a huge ravine. You don't know if you're, spo- or you're just about to step on that Lego that you've told your son to put away a million times. And you guys know if you've stepped on Legos, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But that absolute pitch darkness is scary. And everything hides in darkness everything that's there we can't see what is around us but light exposes that which is in the darkness and so god being holy is described in this word picture he is light his radiance of his glory shines and so that where light exists darkness is not going to exist either you can there is light or there is absolute darkness you cannot have those two in the same, it doesn't make any sense, right? Those two don't exist. And so why did God separate himself from us? Because we brought in darkness. It's the best and easiest way to help you understand that when, he, when we sinned, darkness now enters in, and as darkness enters in, it's God's holiness, who God is in his perfection, the God of radiance, of his glory, cannot and will not be in darkness, because it's not who he is. He is light. So as darkness now enters the world, we have a huge problem, because now the relation between God and God And his people are broken. And darkness and light are in opposite corners. And so God separates himself from humanity. And in this separation, the relationship is now broken. We now have this huge, monstrous problem. And there's only one thing that can happen. And if you're listening to this, you're like, Okay, Jason, this is the worst Christmas message ever. So I hear you. uh, But this is the part where it gets good. Because there's an answer to this. And the answer actually is all wrapped up in this beautiful idea of what we are celebrating today on Christmas. This is where it gets really good. Listen to this, Matthew chapter one, verses 18 to 22. And as as I read this, uh, I want you to listen to this passage through a different perspective, okay? This is the perspective I want you to listen to. God is separated from humanity. Darkness cannot be with the light. There's only one answer, and God has to fix this problem. There's only one way. God has to fix it. We cannot fix the problem because we brought in the darkness. So only God can give us an answer to this problem. And now listen to this passage. It's so powerful. Listening to us, Matthew 1, 18 to 22. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, This story, as we're looking at it through this beautiful Christmas passage, looks at the problem in which we have created, in which now God has to come to a way of fixing the problem if he wants to, because we can't fix it. So to save us, God has to find an answer. And so I want to see if you're catching what's happening in this Christmas passage. Here we have Mary, who's a virgin, and she's pregnant. I don't know about you, um, but uh, that'd be really hard to believe, right? In their time, too. And if this happened in our day, uh, most, I think, we would see maybe there would be some scuffle or people would talk or gossip or whatever, right? I'm sure they're same thing back then, but, you know, now with social media, you know, someone, like, get on there and, like, start typing in and blasting their fiancé for, how they cheated on him, and, you know, what a terrible person, and blah, blah, blah. We use these outlets to just to bash and destroy people. And Joseph, in this story, says he wants to just quietly do this, not to dishonor her. Crazy that we see the integrity of Joseph this early in the story. But look at what goes on inside of here. Inside of here, we've got an amazing side story That's even better. Because inside of this, we see Joseph then gets this dream that comes. And inside of this dream that happens, he hears this angel of the Lord. And it says this, uh, this is not what you think this is. This is God doing something big. Because the prophet, a long time ago, Isaiah, uh, the prophet had stated to us that there is going to be a Messiah who is going to come. There's going to be a virgin who's going to give birth. And this one's going to be Emmanuel. That means God with us. Crazy to think about that for a second. Because God is separate from man. Let's not forget this. God is separated from man. They are not together. God is now coming back. But how was he able to do it? God is becoming Man. God is becoming man. There's only one answer for God to be back among us, is that God had to be one of us. Have you ever thought about that at Christmas? We say, we sing the songs, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. We sing and we say, God is with us. But God with us is the answer to the problem that we have created. That God with us is actually unbelievably so important that the virgin birth is real. Now, there are a lot of teachers out there, pastors, people on TV all over the place, books, whatever, that are going to say, we don't have to believe in the virgin birth. We don't have to believe in that doctrine. It's an old thing. There's no way it happened. Blah, 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 blah. I'm going to say this. Absolutely, it is as the word of God is written. First of all, the word is true and we can trust it because if the God of the universe can create things like a platypus, he can make sure the word that he wants is passed down the way he wanted. That's our first note, but here's what we know is true. If we look at it from this idea that Jesus laid down everything, his glory, he laid down the fact that with his word, the word of God was spoken, he was there at creation of everything. He was there. God was there. He laid it all down, and he became human. He became human. But at the same time, he's God. These two things are coming together at the same time. A human father could not have worked. He could not have been fully human. He had to be God. At the same time, he couldn't come and be just as God. He had to also be human. That God had created the perfect answer to the problem of sin, which his creation engaged in when we broke the relationship. He says, I am going to come as one of you, and I'm going to fix the problem. And the way how I'm going to fix the problem is going to be this. I'm going to take all of the punishment for all of the sin that all of you are going to do on me, and I'm going to set you free as God, and I'm going to take it to be among you as human. God is with us. It's an unbelievably encouraging story when we start to think about what was happening all of this time, that God laid it all down. Emmanuel, God with us. God with us opened everything. It changed everything. Everything changed That because God is now with us. But the story gets better. The story keeps getting better, right? I said, Hey, okay, great Christmas story. It gets better, and now it gets even better. Because if God with us was only for a season 2,000 years ago to ancient Israel, and that He existed for a time, and that time was to come and be among to understand kind of how we live and then go, uh, we missed everything. Because God with us wasn't for a fleeting moment, it's from that moment. Through to eternity. God with us literally is happening now because Jesus, when he died, he said there's one coming and he, the Holy Spirit, now is with us. And so God and man are together in a temporary, get this word, temporary time now until now for eternity. So we are stuck on this place. We're waiting for the transition. But because God has fixed the problem, we are not separated for forever. This is just a short chapter in which he is here guiding us, working with us, loving us, helping us become more like him. Because then when we come to eternity, it's now God with us forever. Christmas is the beginning of God with us forever. Emmanuel, God with us, the Savior has come, the Messiah has come, the celebration just was beginning. Because 2,000 years ago, God did something that only God could do, is he came to save you. He came to save me. He came to save us. He came to fix the relationship. Christmas is such a wonderful time. Can you imagine Mary processing all this, Joseph processing this, and thinking that the Messiah has come? How Obviously, they didn't have and haven't really thought through and knew everything. They only knew what was revealed to them, right, by, by God and by the angels. But did they really understand how big this was? And this is what I'm going to say I'm going to guess no, because we don't really get how big it is now. With all of our technology and all of our studies and every single book in the world you want to be able to Google at any time to talk about any theology or any doctrine, we still don't get it. We still don't understand the weight of what Jesus laid down for all of his glory and all of his majesty to come to be among us To not only live among us and be with us, but to come and die for us. We will never get it. Maybe sometime on the other side of eternity, I don't know. But right now, we can't even grasp how big this was. That God would do all of this to save someone who couldn't save themselves. Jesus has come and God is with us. So this Christmas, I'm praying something And hoping something so very special for you and for your family and for your friends and for your celebration today and your celebration to come. Christmas Day is the beginning of something that is so vitally important for our story with God. Christmas Day is the coming of a Savior. Christmas Day is that God is with us. Christmas Day means that our relationship now can be fixed if you call on Jesus Christ as your savior, Friends, I don't know where you are on your faith journey. And I don't know where you are in today's story. I don't know where you are right now in your Christmas story. Maybe this Christmas you're like, I'm just, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling that celebration and that joy. And maybe you are surrounded with friends and, and kiddos. And maybe I don't know your story, but I want to say this. No matter what your story is, when you call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you can be saved because he came for you. God came as a baby, in a manger, surrounded by the undesirables, shepherds. Jesus came and grew. He became a man that knew the Word and was connected to the Father, and he became the Savior of the world when he never sinned and laid down his life for you. But here's the even better, better, better part. He's coming to bed. He's coming again. He's coming back. He's coming again. He didn't die on that cross. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's seated right now at the right hand of the throne of God. He's back where he rightfully deserves. But he is coming back for us. And may that be one of the greatest stories of Christmas that you will never forget. That God is with us. So today I hope you have an amazing celebration I hope you got all those things you circled 15 times in your catalogs and, you know, you put into your Amazon gift cart and you have a great day of celebrating gifts and the giving of gifts and all those things. And remembering that the true gift, the greatest gift ever given was that God was with us. Friends, more than anything in the world is the greatest gift ever. God is with us. Once again, thank you so much for listening. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to connect with you at our weekend gathering. For service time, directions, and to learn more about our vision to ignite a movement of love that transforms our community and the world, visit us at mosaicwi.com.